0: Welcome to the Natural Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me. You know, I've always been curious. I don't know why, I just know that I am. I'm a writer and a teacher and a storyteller, and my job is to be curious, to ask questions, and to share the answers. This program explores my belief that why that simple three-letter question is the most powerful question that any human has ever asked. Every time we ask it, we challenge ignorance and the status quo. This, I believe. Curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. Something that, let's face it, seems to be in short supply these days. So thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the program. Jack Garrett is one of my oldest friends. We met back in the late 70s when he was one of my scuba diving students. Later, he helped me get a job at Pacific Telephone, which got me started on what would ultimately be my primary career. I caught up with him not too long ago. He had just returned from Southern California with a group of friends with whom he had invaded the Danish village of Solvang for a food network program with Robert Irvine. It was all in good fun with Jack and his friends dressed in full Viking regalia. Jack, you see, is a member of a Viking reenactment group called the Vikings of Bjornstad. Seems like an odd thing, doesn't it, for a guy who's one of the most technical people I've ever known. But after a career in technology, including a stint running his own company, his ferocious curiosity got the better of him, and Jack found himself immersed in Viking lore. And when I say immersed, let me be clear. I remember a day years ago when I was at his house watching him make a chainmail shirt. And if you don't know what that is, go look it up. He took a piece of thick 14-gauge wire and wrapped it around a 3-8-inch rod to make what looked like a spring. Then he took a pair of diagonal cutters and he cut the coil, the spring, into individual rings. Now, to make a typical Viking shirt, he needed somewhere between 16,000 and 20,000 rings, each one of which took about a minute to create and connect. As we were doing this interview, he told me that it took him one entire 49ers football season, but because Joe Montana was still playing, there were, of course, a few extra games at the end of the regular season. That is a huge commitment, but it didn't matter. It was historically correct, and for Jack, it was fun.
1: I enjoyed a good deal of what I did, and so I tried to pare away all those things that I didn't enjoy. (laughs) staff meetings and those kinds of things. So I tried to just why do I want to continue to have fun and just enjoy what I'm doing as best I could. And so that's what I continue to do with reenactment. It's a case of what's fun, what's challenging, but again, because of who I am, I still want a product at the end
0: of it. What do you mean by that, a product?
1: Just as an example with our web page. I looked at the statistics of who's looking at it. What are they looking at? What are they going for? What queries land them on our website? And this was years ago, but people asked, what are the best three Viking movies? And so we didn't have anything in our website for that. But I got to think, geez, I love movies. I like Viking movies. I like being a Viking. I actually like writing not to the volume that you do, but I certainly do like writing. And so I thought, why not? Let's review, and I use that word carefully because much of what we do is comments. We're not reviewing a movie. We write comments on here is the value that a movie might have for a reenactor or kind of an amateur historian. We now have over 110 Viking movies that we have written comments on it's just fascinating as I mentioned uh, one of our contacts is from France every couple months he'll say hey here's another little movie you haven't heard of and I'll add that to the list and give him credit for doing it and so it's just a fun kind of thing and uh, with some of the people that I've interacted with uh, one in the UK he acted in a movie that was filmed in England And I got to write the comments about his movie. He saw my comments and sent me back a letter and filled in some more background information about how they had approached their reenactment. And so that's the fun part about reenactment all through this is that I get to interact with some pretty interesting people doing some really fun things.
0: I'm going to get around to asking you the question that you probably get asked a lot, which is why Vikings? But before I get to that, knowing you as I do, I have to believe that curiosity plays a big role because there are very few things in this world that you aren't curious about. You're one of those down the rabbit hole kind of people. You find a thread and you can't help yourself. You have to pull it and see where it goes. Is that why you're so interested in Vikings?
1: Let me clarify one thing that I haven't mentioned before. I have tried not to provide this answer to other people when I would ask the question, but I've always kind of held it in abeyance just in case it would come up and be in the right circumstances. Let me lay it on you. Why a Viking reenactor? You know, why that? And the smart ass answer is because if I said I was a Scythian horse archer from the fourth century BC, we might not have an awful lot to talk about. But if I say Viking, you've got images you've got experiences you've got things that you can connect with and so have i they may not be the same we may not agree on things to start with but we got things we can talk about and interact with immediately and so that's a fun thing it's a an interesting period of time and just where you're talking about viking lore and their history one of the things that I've never seen actually documented or written in this quite this way, but I would challenge anybody to say what group of people in the tens of thousands, I'd say 40 to 50,000 max, because that's the size of the largest armies that they fielded, how many times in history have that few people changed the courses of nations? And there would not be an England had it not been for Viking raids. There would not be a France if not for Viking raids. Much of the early culture and the stability and trading and city building, trading center building in Russia was because of Vikings. And so it's just a case of all of these countries for the wrong reasons, because they had to build defenses and they had to build nations and they had to build standing armies and they build navies in some cases. But in effect, it's a very influential, small culture, and the world changes as a result of them. And that's worth knowing about.
0: So other than dressing as a Viking and studying the history of Viking culture, what has this interest given you? Is there an educational message in here somewhere?
1: One of the things that uh, more than anything else has come out of this is that education can be entertaining. It needs to be entertaining. Uh, there's no reason for it not to be entertaining. And I would argue that the reverse of that is also true, that entertainment can be educational and it should be. Just to give you an idea of the kinds of things that have come out of that, I can't imagine another activity that would give me as many things to do that are fun as this. I've played a Viking chieftain dozens of times in a lot of venues all over California. That in itself is just a kick. It's fun. We've built ages worth of biking reference material, photographs of us. And the irony is that just as for some of the recent engagements that we've had, I don't have to send much of a resume. I can point them to a page, a set of pictures and say, that's who we are, that's what we've done. That's what we can do for you. It is the best resume ever, and it just gets better every time. Because of that and the contacts through that web page, I've been able to talk to reenactors in Moscow. I find out that if we were Russian Viking reenactors, there's a state stipend and an arena built for you that is provided by the Russian state. Interesting. I have had contacts from and references from a person from France who recommends viking movies to me. I uh, just had an email from a doctor in Azerbaijan who wanted information about a tattoo for a friend of his and he wanted it in old Norse and runes. I'm not necessarily capable of doing that, but it was a great contact to have made. Our website has been linked 17 other countries. Websites have been linked to our, have linked to our website. I've got a chance to fight the Battle of Hastings 1066 twice on two different history channel shows. I rode a Viking longship in Vancouver Harbor, a real Viking longship, excellent reproduction. I played a Norman Knight in an independent film. I even got to wear a false nose in the ears of a hobgoblin with full orange face paint in a Dungeons and Dragons student film. I was asked to, and I did provide historic counseling to a British Viking movie. Our group uh, has dressed up as pirates just because it seemed like a fun thing to do. And we sailed San Francisco Bay on a square rigged sailing ship and engaged in a two hour running cannon battle with another square rigged sailing ship. And we just got back uh, just less than a week ago from an engagement for the Food Network for a series called Dinner Impossible. And we provided a Viking encampment for them. But the thing is that I'm not sure that all of this made me a better person, but it's certainly been fun to do. And I think that all of the people that we have provided presentations for and school visits. Um, One other thing I hadn't mentioned is that there's a local college in the the Bay Area. Their medieval studies program, when they get to the Viking culture, the Scandinavian culture of that period, they call us in. We teach five hours of Viking culture, including a little reenactment uh, for their students just to give them a sense of what it was like. So it's kind of nice to be able to be called in and have that kind of support for how well you're doing what you do that a university feels comfortable enough to turn their curriculum over
0: to us. Well, I don't know about other listeners, but I want to take that class. But let me ask you this. What do you say to the people who kind of roll their eyes and tell you to grow up?
1: Being a reenactor is something that seems like to many people from the outside a kind of a silly thing to do for a grown person to be playing viking and one of the things that we do though is that we're called into fourth grade classes in several schools in the bay area and the reason is that uh, their european medieval studies hits that part of the curriculum just at the fourth grade so we had called in. We do about an hour and a half of this is what Vikings looked like. We lay out tables worth of leatherworks, textiles, tools, jewelry, and of course, the weaponry. And we let the kids, with a good deal of oversight, uh, get a sense of what this is all like. It seems like a good thing. And the education seems fun We were packing up after our presentation for a school in Mill Valley, and a young girl walks by the doorway. She stops, turns, comes back in and tells us that you guys were here a couple of years ago. It was the best day of the year. We enjoyed it so much that a week later we wrote a play and gave it to ourselves just because we enjoyed it so much. And it's that one statement from that one young lady, that's all the justification for friends and family that I'll ever need for playing Viking.
0: My good friend, my mentor, diving partner, Dungeon Master Supreme and Viking, Jack Garrett. Jack, where can people learn more about you and the Vikings of Bjornstad? What's the website address?
1: www.vikingsofbjornstad, and I'll spell that. Uh, obviously, V I K I N G S O F B J O R N S T A D dot com. Vikings of Bjornstad dot com.
0: Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode.